Oh, damn, this is going to be good. Welcome to Seeing Red, the pod, episode 32, where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm Stephanie, and here with me today are my co-hosts, April and Melody. Hey, ladies. How's it going? Hi. Hello. Uh, I'm geared up for election 2020, November 3rd. Yes. I'm geared up. I took a week off last week, and I just, which I was super bummed. Can I just say I'm super bummed? Because... You two were talking to Christy Oakham and Brody Weber, which mm-hmm. I listened to the episode. I was like, honestly, hoping you would like flounder without me. <laughs> and you proved to me that you needed me. But it turns out you don't. And I'm just the window dressing on this gorgeous cake. That is oh, the two of you. <laughs> we need you. We need you. That's not true. No, it was awesome. And... I loved what Krista was saying about, I just think she's very good at explaining things in plain language. Like what is a county commissioner? What's the point of them? Um, One thing that I really want to know more about, and we need to research this when the hubbub of the election is over. She mentioned that 20 years ago, there was a prison bond issue, which did not pass. Mm -hmm. The county board did it anyway, which meant, they did not have additional funds to do it and they cut something. What did they cut? And did they ever refund it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was a question I had listening to that. And this is why we need you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brody. Oh my gosh. I don't, I mean, I'm just going to do a spoiler alert here, but with the Brody interview, when he said at the end that he one of the big reasons he's running for office is that it is his generation holding the bucket, people in their 20s. Mm-hmm. If you want climate change, you cannot count on people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. To They haven't. They're not going to. Like You have to step into leadership. It is your time. Anyone between like the 20 to 50 bucket, it is time to step into leadership. It's time to move up. And I loved, I just loved uh, his perspective and his, gosh, that guy, could he know his district any better than he did? Right. Oh, he knows his neighborhood better than I know my own. I was really impressed. I was really impressed with that kind of political savvy at 23. So yeah, I was just wowed by both of them. And then the other candidate, Kara. I kind of, I haven't really heard a lot of interviews with her, but um, when we were talking to her, I noticed she was so open and candid. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like we were getting a lot of campaign polished rhetoric. I'm like a little bit floated in and out. And that's just, they just say the same things again and again and again. And that's kind of how that works. But I just thought she was candid and I thought she was really open and honest and 
I think we only talked to three candidates this go round. We did that on purpose. We really wanted to highlight some t- down ballot, the top of the ballot. And I'm just impressed with all three of the candidates that we picked. Yeah. I think they're all going to represent us well. And Ocar doesn't really, you know, she'll represent Nebraska well. Yeah, I think so too. And I think we picked candidates that really represent what Nebraska progressives, what it looks like. And there is a range, right, of what mm-hmm. progressive looks like in Nebraska. Uh, but all three of those people, you know, Krista, she knew the wind issue backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. She knows the green issue backwards and forwards. She knows the Trans Canada issue backwards and forwards. Um, that's very progressive. Right. And I think so. that one thing I noticed about all those candidates that I really appreciated with was that they are all knowledgeable about the office and have goals on uh, what they can accomplish for the citizens here, but they all are really in it for the right reasons. Um, And it's definitely not big money donors, which I think sets them apart. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many other great candidates in Nebraska we could have talked to. And I was at the dog park recently And it was funny, this gal, we ended up talking about politics and she just moved here from San Francisco and she's this really super lefty and she does something with science and LPS in the admin office. I don't know. She was really cool though. And she was saying that where she used to live, maybe in San Francisco, they had a progressive candidate endorsement guide and she wondered if there was something like that in Nebraska. Hmm. And I said, well, well, seeing red would probably be the place that would publish a guide like that. However, in Nebraska, the GOP is so bad. Mm -hmm. It is, it is so overwhelmingly bad that your most even center right Democrats are progressive compared to the straight up white supremacist, openly Nazi shenanigans going on across campaigns, across Mm -hmm. the executive team, across, I mean, it is is shocking how awful they are. It is constantly shocking. And I said, so really your voter guide is just the democratic party, nebraskademocrats.org, just vote straight blue. Hopefully at one point we can say, well, I want this blue versus that blue. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we just, we nope. got to get out the Republicans. Yep. And I hate, I don't want to be a political party cheerleader because I'm not, but that is the best we have right now. And if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards and we have to move forward. So I am super into that. So when you're talking about all these terrible things that the Republican Party is doing right now and the vitriol that they're spewing, uh, what are some of those things you've noticed recently? Oh, my gosh. So, April, I know you're all up in education land, so you probably heard of this. But in Omaha, there is Tim Royers, who was literally, was he, teacher of the year? Yes, a Nebraska State teacher of the year. Right. So one of the best 
the best teacher in our state, which is a really hard to earn honor versus he's running against, uh, what's his name? Rick Powell's who is a former Miller Public Schools administrator. So probably a little bit boring of a guy, but probably very, a good person who cares deeply about children's education. Millard has good schools. Right, so these two guys are running against each other. And they're running just a pretty clean race. The Republican Party sent out terribly nasty, nasty uh, attack ads against him. Inaccurate, martyrs. full of lies. Right. And they were inaccurate and they were full of lies. And they, and Rich Pauls, who knows Tim Royers, they, you know, as an administrator versus teacher, right? Um, he denounced them. He said they were terrible and he doesn't support them and he knows they're not true. Well, the executive director of the Republican Party, Ryan Hamilton, was quoted in, um, he was quoted in the World Herald as saying, I believe we adequately represented the Democratic candidate Tim Royer's views. They just dug in. They don't care that the actual Republican in the race denounced the views. And it, I think it also shows weak character on the part of Rich Pauls. Why don't, why don't these people leave the Republican Party? Why? <laughs> They're so awful. It's money. I'm just going to. Oh, yeah, it's money. He's in the middle of a race, and how could that help him in in a nonpartisan race to boot? Then he should just let the teacher win. I hope Mm -hmm. he he should. Tim Royers is an incredible educator. Yep. He is, (laughs) I've, you know, it is very hard to become teacher of the year in a state, but like, I have met few people before that I thought deserved it as much as him and he's intimidatingly smart <laughs> and I love people I've, like that I've watched him testify at the legislature um several times and he always knows his stuff inside and out and it's just he's impossible to ignore and he has quit his job as a teacher taking a leave so that he can do this and um yeah he would be incredible just incredible mm. All right. Yeah. So that is one example of recent, very relevant. So another example is there is a very, very nasty race going on in southeastern Nebraska between Janet Pomtag and Julie Slama, both Republicans. And it is a wing of, there's the Heinemann wing of the Republican Party, who's a former governor. And then there's the Ricketts wing, who he gets all of his allegiance through his big money. Heinemann. Megalomaniac. (laughs) Yeah. And Heinemann gets his allegiance through cronyism, deal-making, and, you know, just more uh, relationship-based work. Uh, you know, they're both have bad views on women and all kinds of stuff, but there's this fight for who should be running the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And and so it's all playing out in this Republican versus Republican race. And they did, the Republican Party did robocalls using an out-of-state company and they broke the law. They broke and the they law. And they were trying, they were doing this in support of Slama. 
Right, right. It's the governor's party version of the party, and they broke the law. It is crystal clear. There's just not, it's not, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know if I had more details. No, I mean, they just absolutely did not file the correct paperwork. And, and they were, it, and it was, they were found to be in violation. That's right. By the proper and, authorities. And they knew this going in. Sure they, they knew did. this going in because political parties are there to help candidates run elections. They know what the rules are, but they don't care because even though they got in trouble, they still got all those robocalls out. That was the point yep. was to do the robocalls, which they did. Yep. And the, again, the Nebraska Republican party executive director, Ryan Hamilton, he told the Lincoln journal star, we are not, and will not be intimidated or silenced by her bureaucratic schemes um, let me be That's clear about bureaucratic <laughs> schemes. He means following the actual law put <laughs> in place by a majority Republican state, which always has been. All these laws have been put in by a majority Republican state. Yep. And those they are don't... the bureaucratic schemes he is not intimidated by. The Ricketts wing is exactly like the Trump wing. They don't care about the laws. They will break around them. They'll spend the money and then they'll get slapped on their wrist later and they'll say, oh, well, and then they'll pay the fine even. It doesn't yep. fucking matter. Cost of doing business. Yep. Well, and then we have <sighs> Omaha. You're such a mess. Uh, we have Amy Melton and Brinker Harding who are on the Omaha City Council. They were the two dissenting voices on the Omaha mask extension it passed. There is still a mask ordinance in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And they broke ranks with Dr. Adi Poor, who is second in the nation to Dr. Fauci for pandemic epidemiology. He's number two at UNMC. And he lives there. And he said, we right. need this mask mandate to extend. And they voted against him. Right. And in case anybody forgot... Omaha is where they brought the Ebola patients to the United yep. States. And some That's, of the first COVID patients from abroad. And some of the first COVID patients. That is how good UNMC, that is how trusted around the country UNMC is. It is a treasure. It is a jewel. And we have our own doctors are being undermined. The best doctors in the nation in a state where we wonder why our best and brightest keep leaving the state the best doctors in the nation are being undermined by idiotic city council members. Mm-hmm. It's interesting are, because they're both up for re-election. Right. And, yet and they both they have ap- challengers already. Yes. And apparently, though, they think that this isn't going to hurt them. So we need voters to prove that, no, it will. It does. That science matters and health matters. And we need to work for their challengers. Mm-hmm. We know the name of their challengers. Um, yes, Amy Melton is being challenged by Sarah Cohen, who is this phenomenal lawyer. Uh, she used to work for a judge, and she's been she's just phenomenal. And I think we'll all learn more about her as time comes. But phenomenal. And then the other woman is. Naomi Hathaway, who I actually just listened to a podcast about her on Midwest Misfits. Hmm. 
that if you're not listening to that podcast, it is very good. Um, there's some gals in Oak Elkhorn that put together and they, they interview a lot more candidates than we do. Um, so it's just like, they're kind of a yin and yang situation. They're super good, but I love them. But they interviewed Naomi Hadaway. She was so fascinating. She's lived all over the world. She's originally from Omaha, um, came back to Omaha after just this really dynamic and expansive life experience. And she's, I think she's going to be really competitive. I think she's a compelling in her humanity and her love for humanity. So I was very impressed with hearing her story. That's great. So goodbye, Amy, and goodbye, Brinker. You got to go. We're not going to have you undermine doctors and help with brain drain in our state. Yeah. Also, for the record, Chris Janicek, the worst. (laughs) Agreed. Like uh, all old ladies, I get a local paper delivered to my house because I love to sit and read the paper. And I got the voter guy from Lincoln Journal Star. Chris Janicek didn't fill it out. Hmm. The Lincoln Journal Star is the second largest Nebraska newspaper. And he just chose not to fill out the voter guide? Why? Why did he waste a space on the ballot? Stephanie, any ideas? I think it's because of all the money his campaign owes him, but I mean, I could be wrong. (laughs) Um, I heard he took a second mortgage out on his house to pay for his campaign. That would be a reason to die trying, I guess. Although Um, I don't feel like he's trying anymore at this point. No. No, I think he made his point. I, I will feel say, like people who owe themselves tons of money for their campaign should reevaluate what they're doing. It means you're not bringing people with you. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Hilger still owes himself like 160 grand from when he ran for attorney general and lost. Mm-hmm. That guy. Mm-hmm. He ran for something like three times and lost before he finally got that seat. He's really good at that, so that should make November 3rd easy for him. Let's hope. Oh, my gosh. I'm holding Um, out hope. Yeah, if you have to, if you have to go into serious debt for your campaign, um, you're not bringing the people with you. You're just not. Your message is not resonating and you need to reevaluate it. You need to go talk to more constituents, mm-hmm. um, not your friends on the internet, not the ringing of whatever the national hot issues are. I mean, when Brody talked about the grocery store mm-hmm. in his community, that is what people should be listening to. Not these, if you saw it on the WAPO, that's not a good issue on a local race. That's right. What's a good local issue is we've got to have more grocery stores. We've got to have more um, diversity in local businesses. Mm -hmm. We've got to have whatever the issue is. Um, We've got to have housing, affordable housing. Yeah, I mean, the first trans candidate that made it to Congress, I can't remember what her name was, but her issue, she didn't run on trans issues. She ran on the fact that there was a 
some sort of like traffic problem and it had been a traffic problem for 30 years. And um, that was her whole campaign was built around. And everybody was like, I do hate that traffic problem. Everybody right. knew what it was. Everybody hated it. And everybody was really mad that the incumbent hadn't fixed it ever. And hmm. I'm assuming she fixed it. I hope before she's re runs for re-election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that would be embarrassing if she didn't fix it. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness sakes. Um, okay. So I want to talk about election day voting. There is hardly any more time. What can people be doing between now and election day? Well, if they've got their early ballot and they want people to quit calling them and sending them mail and texting them, they can turn their ballot in. You can also vote in person to make those things stop. I don't think everybody knows this, but when you vote, it's a public record and campaigns are using the most current public data if it's a well-run campaign and... So once you once your name shows up as having voted, they stop bothering with you. You might still get mail from PACs. They usually don't look that closely at whether or not you voted. They're just mailing so much stuff out. But the actual campaigns will definitely stop calling. They'll stop. The parties will stop because they do look at that. Mm -hmm. Also, you definitely do not want to be known as the person who sat out 2020. Yeah, because the times you don't vote are on record as well. <laughs> Full disclosure, uh, after the first presidential election I voted in, 20, no, 19? 99. The year 2000, the year 2000. <laughs> I have to think back. <laughs> the year 2000. Um, we weren't calling them 20s yet. <laughs> uh and the Supreme Court decided who would be president instead of the people's vote. So that's now happened to me twice. I did sit out a couple of elections and, you know, I'm kind of right on the Gen X millennial generation and we're a very small generation and it's, you, we just don't have that mass. I don't know, but we didn't really come together as a generation. And I think the like millennial, zillennial, wait, is that what the next ones are called? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Gen Z, Millennial Zs. Uh, but they actually are a huge generation and they have a critical mass and they are so much more organized than when I was in my 20s. Like there, n nobody had that level of organization. And, you know, I just think you can't, you can't do the same thing that I did because there's so much, I mean, I just, I have regrets and that's always going to be on my record and it's embarrassing. And I really hate that. And I don't want that for any of you. So make know, sure you vote. I know something else people can do between now and the election. If they haven't already voted, don't vote third party. It will Ugh. do no good. Listen, there are plenty of us, including some of us on this pod who did not want Biden as our candidate, not our first choice. But guess what? When you're up against Trump and his cronies and the political party of he and Ricketts and Sass, you have no choice. 
that is the only semi-reasonable choice. And a vote for a third party is absolutely a vote for Trump. Yeah, and I would just say, if if your third party that you're voting for isn't running any other candidates other than president, it's not a real party. Nope. It's really just supporting the status quo. Mm -hmm. My friend posted... uh, just yesterday that voting third party is a good way to let marginalized groups know that your abstract principles are more important than their very real lives. And she's a woman of color and she, Mm -hmm. I think that speaks volumes about, um, especially in today's reality, what a third party vote really means. I have a family member who on Facebook is constantly saying it's terrible on both sides, both sides, blah, 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 both sides, everything out of his mouth, both sides. And I, I said, what is your very realistic alternative on November 3rd? And he finally shut up because <laughs> he doesn't have one. <laughs> right. Well, I just want to say we were just talking about Ryan Hamilton, the Nebraska Republican Party uh, executive chair. And he is actually, his party that he's in charge of is actually breaking the law. They're actually undermining their own candidates in their local races and Mm -hmm. really and spewing hate and vitriol where people don't want it. We don't see the same thing happening with Jane Club. I don't, she's not breaking the law. I don't see her uh, going around and saying, you know what, we're going to run a hate campaign um, in Jen Day's district. Because we just feel like it, even though Jen Day is trying to run a very clean and optimistic campaign, right? Like we just don't see the Democratic Party undermining our local candidates uh, across the state. But our local candidates in the Republican Party, they definitely are being undermined. And we have a great example in the Millard area. Absolutely. Well, and then the ricketts Heineman split, right? It's the same thing. And it, it doesn't happen. And this whole both sidesism is bullshit. <laughs> right. Like, we can even forget the national election. We've talked many times about how it's your local that has a bigger impact anyway. But um, it, it just absolutely is not happening on both sides. And it brings me back to why Seeing Red was started in the first place. Because it reminds me like, um, it also reminds me that they're not playing by the same set of rules we are, right? Um, we got really upset. Some of us got really upset in 2016 because um, when Trump won, you know, of course, everyone with a conscience was calling their senators and stuff all the time. And we're up against the party of Trump, who's completely lying, as we've just discussed, even in Nebraska, undermining their own party. And then um, we, um, someone sent cupcakes. I think it was Sass's office or Fortenberry's. I can't remember. Deb Fisher's. Deb Fisher on our behalf because they felt bad for all the phone calls that their staff was taking. And we were like, no, there's no cupcakes for fascists. That's not how this works. That like, they're not playing by the same set of rules. You don't need to apologize and send cupcakes. We're going to follow the rules and we're going (laughs) to, and we're going to hold them accountable. We don't have to apologize maddening maddening they didn't bring me any cupcakes no no also having nice staff important it is critical to have you expect when you call your elected officials that they are nice to you 
And I would say that is not true of all of our Nebraska state senators. Some of them have staffers that are real nasty when someone calls that they don't like. And in fact, we wrote about this on Seeing Red that Jeff Fortenberry, a woman called him and expressed her preference on an issue of the day. And they didn't quite hang up the phone. And then they just started to belittle her and make fun of her concerns to themselves. Mm -hmm. And she heard it all. That is how, that is how that happens. That is the Republican playbook. They are nasty, nasty, nasty. And we have to, we have to get them out. It's, it's really important. And you know, after the election, we'll go back to issue advocacy because, of course, elections are just one part of the equation. Right. But hopefully we don't have any pod listeners that aren't voting. If you're that invested, you're <laughs> wanting to hear us talk about politics, you better be voting. <laughs> you just better be because we can't get anything done if we elect all monsters. And even if right. we elect... Democrats, we still might not get everything we want, but at least we have a chance at that. We're, we're guaranteed not to get everything we want. That's not even what it's about. If you think you're going to get a candidate that matches everything, you're not. So, No. No. That's definitely true. And honestly, if you got a candidate that gave you everything you wanted, they're probably not responding to the community as a whole. And everybody deserves res- representation. Everybody yeah, deserves that? people in office that take into account what every the whole versus just what their political party or their most ardent supporters want. Another friend of mine posted today, there's only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently it's from Aristotle. But that's right. If you're if they are an elected official, there's going to be criticism from one side or another, and that's fine. If they're doing everything you want, then you're not listening to somebody. <laughs> they're not listening to somebody. I think that the Democrats in Lincoln City Council <laughs> were quite surprised when they have not always made the yeah. progressive wing in Lincoln happy. And we're not happy. We're not happy with nope. a lot of things they do. Nope. And, you know, Which if they don't like it, they totally could. It's totally fair. They Which could is vote totally differently. Fair. And it's totally like fair. It. Like, yeah. you know, like, we all counted our lucky stars that Cindy Lamb wasn't the mayor during this health crisis. Oh, my God. You know, she's mm-hmm. having whole, having fundraisers, helping with fundraisers at Madsen's where they don't want to wear a mask and they want to do the city. We are grateful that you know right. that Larian won however that doesn't mean we don't have other valid concerns even on right. the same issue we can still have valid concerns absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. well i'm afraid we're going to talk all night if we don't just wrap this up i think okay i have one right. last thing okay hy V has been added to list of places I will not be patronizing. I've already had several negative high experiences, especially with their open carry. Um, I don't know, allowing people to run around their store with guns and run into my kid. But the bigger thing was, mm-hmm. is apparently they now have videos running in their break rooms, um, basically endorsing Donald Trump and talking about how uh, the chaos, what? yeah, real life, like I'm done. Um, so, yeah. Never again. It- 
they never actually endorse, which is why they can get away with it. But it's pretty clear that their donations. Well, and they've donated to Democrats as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of tricky. I've actually looked into them before too, but it's really clear the message they're sending their employees because they said um, how they're worried about taxes and the social Mm -hmm. unrest that could come from this election, but they're getting off on a technicality because they don't use any of the, you know, magic words like vote for or defeat Mm -hmm. or against Mm-hmm. And so, and they didn't even say any candidates' names, but man, that takes me off. Dog whistles. Yep. Everyone knows it. And then they're just, I mean, it's kind of like, um, oh my gosh. So a good example. Well, hold on We've, real quick. Can I hold you for a second? I want to say one more quick thing about Heidi. Do it, do of course it. they're worried about taxes and business because grocery stores have made a fucking ton of money in this pandemic because yep. people are eating at home and so and then they've expanded all these services and you know they cut employees at hy during this pandemic <clears throat> not not just at one or whatever but they cut employees also so they deserve every bit of this criticism and they can just you know fuck off <laughs> also you know what helps grocery stores uh, people having money to pay, pay for food. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just a reminder, we're the only state in the entire nation that did not expand our food program for low-income families, which helps grocery stores all everywhere, not just in the big cities. They help rural. We have a lot of rural people on state benefits. Mm-hmm. Okay, I interrupted you. What are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, so they not so at Hy-Vee, it sounds like they're not talking they don't straight out say what they're meaning even though everybody knows what their meaning is at seeing red we've published some pieces on don bacon and some white supremacy symbols that he's been pushing like everybody in his campaign world using the okay symbol for a photo which is a weird thing to do you know Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird pose if you don't actually mean the white supremacist power, white power symbol, right? Well, I just watched the new Borat movie. I don't know if you've seen it. No. But, but there is a, it is, it is uh, really funny. But there's a scene in there where they have a giant inflatable Donald Trump and he's using the okay symbol because everybody knows it's a white power symbol. And that's what they were saying about him in the movie. It's, mm. it's just, everybody knows it. Everybody knows that's what that means. If you have a bunch of people all in a line making the okay symbol, everybody knows it's not ironic. You're not trying to make a joke. Uh, people don't make those kind of jokes that are quality people. Well, it's not even funny. <laughs> right, right, because it's not funny. Anyway. So. Well, my to-do list tonight after this, I'm actually going to stay up a little bit late. And I'm going to watch, I think it's out on Hulu now, what? the Totally Under Control documentary about the administration's handling of COVID. Oh, It's on my calendar, depressing. and I trust that I was accurate in my calendar making. <laughs> I'll report back next week. No, we're not recording next week. Oh, yeah. We're taking Whatever. off. I won't report back because we'll be worrying about the election or we'll be celebrating the election. And therefore, nobody gives a crap. <laughs> well, we have a little bit of live election coverage on election night. 
we're working out the deets. So hopefully we're going to, we're trying to do that. Um, but we're not recording next week. I will be working the polls. So if you live in the union college area, I'll be there. Thank you for your service, Melody. Thank you. Everyone should just call the election office where they live and ask if they still need people to sign up because those jobs have been traditionally held by people that are older who either are actually dying because of old age or they have had COVID or they're afraid of getting COVID. And so there are a lot of vacancies that don't normally exist. Usually people who are poll workers are very, very hardcore about showing up to their duties. And, you know, there's just all this pandemic stuff going on. So, um, you know, that is something anyone can do is do that. And then I think Civic Nebraska has a poll watcher program and that's Mm -hmm. something you could do also if you wanted to do something on election day that was meaningful. So first volunteer as a poll worker and then if they don't need your help, you could be a poll watcher. And I think that's a pretty fun job. You just kind of stand there and hang out. And then if anything weird's going on, you give a lawyer a call and say, hey, I see a weird thing going on. And that's it. That's all all that job is. Well, ladies, all right, we'll see see you on the flip side of this election. We'll see you on the other side of this election. Oh, good. Hold on to your hands. (laughs) I want everyone to think about if you wake up on November 4th and Trump has been reelected, will you have regrets? I just want to leave you with that. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't have any regrets. Know that you did everything possible. All right. Good night. Good night. Night. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne protonmail.com